We're going inside them. We're going outside them. Inside them, outside them. And if we get them on the run once, we're going to keep them on the run. And we're not going to pass unless our secondary comes up too close. Don't forget that. We're going to get them on the run. We're going to go, go, go. 
We're going to be looking for a new wide receivers coach. Um, and we'll, I think we get into that uh, a little bit more here um, in the show. But, yeah, man, it's it's definitely a loss. You know, you, you, you hate to have to fire guys. But, you know, when you're put into that position that Freeman was put in, you know, you got to make tough decisions. So 100%. And, and this is, you know, the first big decision – um, regarding letting someone go on on Marcus Freeman's staff that Marcus had to make a decision on, um, you know it's. I like that you said like I, the way they completely blindsided. I like that you pulled up the recruiting because God, we're we're seeing a lot of potential from our young wide receivers. We have some great talent coming in in the twenty four class, and I thought this was a room that was on the rise. And you know I kind of liked having a young coach that you know kind of had the. I would say the the juice to, mm-hmm. you know, basically behind his name saying that he was going to go get, you know, the best wide receivers he can and develop them. And for Marcus Freeman to kind of feel that this was a ticking time bomb that, you know, the outside didn't know about, that he had to make a move at this time right after their final game was a bit shocking. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, you know, as we're seeing – the news started with, uh, you know, Chris Tyree announcing that he would be transferring. Um, and then following that, we had a wide, well, not a lot, not a wide, but we had a, a list of, of guys that followed suit. Uh, and that includes Chris Tyree, like I mentioned, Tobias Merriweather, Braylon James. And then the one that was just a dagger for me, man, was Rico Flores. Yep. Yep. A big a big hit to the wide receiver room. There's there's no other way to kind of spit it or spin it. Um, obviously, we have some talented guys coming in, but, you know, the wide receiver room was already thin. And for, you know, these upcoming practices for bowl season, uh, they're, they're going to be really shorthanded, you know, going into practice, trying to mm-hmm. figure out, you know, how to run practice with, you know, only a handful of guys that, that can run routes uh, in the wide receiver room. So uh, they're definitely put in a difficult position here as as they go into portal season um and then obviously they have some incoming guys but regarding their next game for this 2023 to you know kind of put a stamp on it uh it's it's gonna be challenging for jared parker and his offense yeah no doubt about it i mean you know the bowl game those practices are so valuable and you know the bowl game will be important but i'm like you i worry about you know getting effective reps in those practices when you don't have the numbers at the wide receiver room. I mean, you can't just have great house, uh, you know, run, running every single rep out there, but, um, yep. so it, it'll be a challenge. Um, now, Nick, I, w- I wanted to bring up one thing now, mm-hmm. you know, this is a, you know, discussion between two Irish fans and I've really been sitting on it kind of, you know, thinking how, how did, how did it get to this point? And I'm not trying to be critical on Marcus Freeman, but I am going to be a little bit critical here. Like, how did we get to this point? You know, part of being the head coach is, you know, kind of, you know, being the CEO and making sure you're monitoring all your all your units to make sure all is good. And if there was some discomfort or something going on in the wide receiver room, why wasn't this addressed earlier? Why were we coaching, you know, Chancey Stuckey earlier saying, hey, you can't be doing this or that or showing favoritism? That's obviously the rumors that are going around. But um, to get to this point where it felt like it was a ticking time bomb and Marcus had to react quickly on it uh where he had to you know pull the plug on on Stucky is you know a bit disappointing for me um you know 
while you had multiple, several weeks to kind of maybe get this corrected before we got to this point? No doubt. I, that's a concern of mine as well, because, you know, everything that we've heard is Freeman thought everything was was just fine. And again, this is just from what we've heard. Um, but he found out some details, uh, you know, in the exit interviews and and some some details were brought to light by some players. Uh, and that's why he was forced to make a, a quick decision. So I'm like you, the, this is concerning because Freeman's, I, I thought Freeman as a coach, and he, he still may be, I thought he was more involved with all the position groups than say a Brian Kelly who took on like the CEO ro role. Um, so it is a concern. I, I, I totally agree with you. The, the fact that it got this bad, um, is not a great sign and I'm sure it's something that Freeman will learn from at least he better. So, um. yep. Yep. I, I guess that's where I, I'm kind of, you know, after, after sitting on this for, you know, a few days, you know, my, my number one question is, is how do we get to this point? Uh, you know, Marcus has to do better of, you know, getting the temperature of all the, all the rooms and all the units that are going, you know, under his wing and, you know, for it to just come out at the end of the year, um, where, you know, people are having to make decisions and Marcus is, you know, finally in the know about uh, some of the stuff going on in the wide receiver unit. It's, it seems like a lot of this, you know, portal decisions, it's like, it's a little too late and, you yeah. know, you don't want to be that when, when you're the CEO. So hopefully this is a learning experience for Marcus. No doubt about it, man. No doubt about it. Um, it'll be interesting to play out and we have some more questions here in segment two about the wide receivers and Stucky. So um, let's go ahead and move on for now. Uh, we have some guys um, most likely NFL bound, uh, J.D. Bertrand, Cam Hart, uh, Maris Leofau. Um, they haven't come out and announced it yet, but um, what, what did they do? They committed to play in the Senior Bowl. Is that right, Joe? Yeah, East-West Bowls, correct. Yeah, so that is usually an indicator that they're not going to be back. Um, some other guys, and again, this is no huge news, but um, Blake Fisher, Joe Alt, Audric Estime, most likely not coming back. Even though it hasn't been officially announced yet, just so you guys know what to expect. Um, we talked about the four wide receivers in the portal. On top of that, Holden stays. The tight end has entered the portal. Offensive lineman Zeke Correll, defensive lineman Nana Osafa Mensa, and Aiden Kiana Aina, and then DBs Ramon Henderson and Ryan Barnes. Um, you know, not a lot of guys that that we need to be freaking out over. Um, I, I was a little bummed to see Stays go. I, I liked his game. I thought he flashed this year. Um, and, and I was I was really bummed to see Nana go because. I just – I know he's not like a superstar out there, but, man, you know, you watch those videos and you watch him on the field. He was always one of those guys that – he was a leader out there. He was a vocal guy. He was getting guys juiced up or getting on to guys when needed. So, I was a little bummed to see Nana go. Um, but, you know, in the end, um, you know, these things happen. I mean, this is yep. college football these days. What, what are your thoughts, Joe? Yeah, I'm disappointed uh, that, that Nana is leaving, but I also understand it. You know, we, we have a lot of talent, um, I think, at the defensive end position that are, you know, knocking at the door of Nana. And 
unfortunately, just from, you know, watching his play, I, I think he's just a little undersized. I, I'm not questioning his motor. I think he's a great leader on the team. However, he, he wasn't much of a difference maker um, when you want to be up in the, the college football playoff and you want to be the national champions. You, you got to have game records in, in that kind of position. And I, I think it's the right move for Nana to, to move on and, and kind of be that guy at, at another school. Uh, but as far as, you know, Notre Dame's room and Marcus Freeman's decisions, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they, they sat down Nana and said, hey, we, we got to kind of, you know, maybe part ways here. Yeah. And, and that's kind of my take on the Nana situation. Yeah. And, and you know, hate to tell you guys, like every, all everybody listening, there's going to be more coming. I mean, uh, that's just how this is working out. I mean, we're already over the scholarship limit and we're getting ready to bring in what 20 how many do we have in, in this class 25 coming in or something like that yep yeah so you know I, more guys are gonna have to do this it's 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 part of it's part of college football so expect some more names um i don't think it'll be anything too crazy that you know they were like starters that are leaving but um yeah i think more will be coming so yeah and nick I, I think you hit a good point i mean you know this is the new age of college football with the transfer portal and you know with right now currently in the 2024 class there are 88 scholarships and that includes um you know the guys such as all fisher who haven't declared yet um but if you take those guys out everyone knows that we need to get some help in some of our you know especially the wide receiver unit and you know you can go to the secondary unit etc uh, that, you know, some holes need to be plugged, you know, regarding the tr using the transfer portal. So in order to do that, we need to obviously, you know, have guys, you know, leave the program. And it's unfortunate, but, you know, that's the that's the day and age of college football that, you know, we're living in. Yeah. Uh, and, and let's let's talk about this for a little bit. So you said we're at 88 right now. And that doesn't include all Fisher and Estime. Correct. Okay, so after they declare, we'll be down to 85, which is what we have to be at come next August. So if we're going to be at 85 after those three guys announce, and then we're bringing in, let's see how many we got here, 23 guys. I mean, that puts us 23 guys over the scholarship limit. So if well, that includes the it, freshmen. That includes the freshmen. Oh, that does? Oh, okay. Yes. Okay, yeah. well, never mind then. Never mind. I was going to say that's... No, that's you're good. So right now it has the, the you know, I, I sent you over the, the list and that includes the guys that we have coming in. Um, but, you know, obviously there's going to be some, some holes for us to fill in some of these units. And I do think there's going to be some more decisions coming down the line. Um, and if we want to be in college football playoff contention, we need to bring in some talent to help out those rooms. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about it. Um, all right. Uh, some transfer portal news as far as coming in. Um, so good news for us, Irish fans. Um, Chris Mitchell and Jordan Clark were both on campus this weekend. Um, Joe, do you have Chris Mitchell's stats? Uh, he is a wide receiver out of FIU. Um, yes. That show? Yeah, so Chris is, um, you know, a transfer wide receiver from FIU. Uh, this year, uh, 2023, he had 64 receptions had 1,118 yards, seven touchdowns, and his average reception came at 17.5 yards. Um, I think this 
this guy could, you know, be a difference maker in the wide receiver room that, you know, obviously we hit on is is needing guys and, and definitely needing more experienced guys because there's a lot of young talent in there. Um, but getting a guy that has, you know, game experience is only going to help out that room um, that has some some holes in it. And he stands at 6'1", 175. So I think he he's not necessarily a slot guy, but he could be good for, you know, possibly the boundary, um, you know, position for for the wide receiver room. Yeah, I'm excited about this kid, man. I think Notre Dame has put themselves in a good position for him. Um, watch, you flip on his tape, and I know the competition's not the same, but you see some of those raw tools that he has, you know, uh, the speed, the athleticism, um, and his ball skills seem really good. So I, this is one they got to get done. Um, and, uh, man, I hope they, hope they get this one done and then get at least one to two more receivers on campus real soon out of the portal 100 uh, it's needed it's it's mm-hmm. much needed because right now i mean if you look at the wide receiver room right now the scholarship players that that we have are Dion colsey jane thomas jane greathouse jordan Fizon, and kk smith and then obviously you have the three incoming of mikey gilbert logan uh Saldade, and cam williams that's that's a lot of guys that uh, don't have a lot of game reps. I know obviously Jane Greathouse had, you know, some field and Jordan Faison, but they're only going to be sophomores for 2024. Jane Thomas has been battling injury. We know Dion Colsey has been battling injury. So to get a guy that, you know, is a thousand yard uh, receiver uh, would, would is a, is almost a must get for yes. the Irish offense. Yeah. You talk about an important recruit. <laughs> He's a big one. Yes. Uh, yeah, no doubt about it. So uh, the other one that was on campus this past weekend was Jordan Clark. I'm sure some of you guys have uh, seen his dad, his pops. Um, he is, he works for ESPN, correct? Or correct. He works, right. He, he's yeah, he's one of those big analysts. Uh, former professional football player for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and <laughs> we've talked about it on the podcast before, man. I love getting these NFL bloodlines. In keep getting them keep getting them keep getting keep them and that kind of, i mean obviously we're, we're going to talk about it here in a second but you know getting ike taylor's son uh on a, as a commitment uh during this time and obviously we have Erlacher's son coming in i love and then joe walt i mean you can kind of go down the line that mm-hmm. again have had you know grandparents or parents that right young yeah right young i mean these these are good dna to have uh on your roster so i'm all about getting guys uh that have good dna and genetics and hopefully they can build up the frame um and obviously just have the game experience the game knowledge that i'm sure they've been surrounded by their whole life that that definitely pays dividends uh in a locker room yeah no doubt man and then jordan clark um you know he's coming from arizona state uh i i I think he could play corner safety or nickel I think he's one of those guys. He, he's like a Thomas Harper. He's not the the biggest dude, but he's an instinctual football player back there. And I think uh, I think he would be a, a great addition. Do you have uh, any stats for him? I do not have him on me. Um, no. Okay. Okay. So let's. Um, so that's big. Let's let's hope we can land those two guys. Um, and then we did have some good news uh, in recruiting. So like you mentioned, and we actually mentioned on our last podcast that 
you know, you should probably be on the lookout for uh, Ivan Taylor um, to be committing soon. And he did just that, uh, like Joe mentioned, the son of Ike Taylor. Um, this kid, you know, he's a top 50 kid right now. It's very early in the rankings, but this kid is stud, man. I mean, you talk about setting the tone with this 2025 class for Notre Dame. I love this kid and couldn't be more excited. What about you, Joe? Oh, I'm fired up. I'm absolutely fired up to get this kind of caliber kid onto our secondary. Um, obviously comes in at the number uh, 35 nationally ranked uh, according to two five or two four seven sports. He he's he's just a difference maker. And again, kind of like yeah. we said, when you come from that bloodline, uh, you're going to have a lot of natural football instincts. And when you're adding that to your secondary, I'm always going to be for it. And the guy. If you watch the film, he pops. He he, he, he hits hard. Um, he he's going to you know I could see him being a guy that could contribute as a freshman, no doubt in my mind. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Added to an an already loaded secondary, so very excited about that pickup. Uh, we also got a preferred walk on quarterback uh, in Anthony Rezac, uh, the brother of Teddy Rezac. So. Yeah, I got a couple brothers coming in. Um, so that's that's the main recruiting news for this week. Um, but a lot going on, a lot to uh, a lot to keep uh, keep your eye on there, Irish fans. Um, we also today found out the final four. Let's let's talk let's talk some final four, Joe. So we let's got, do it. We got number one Michigan, number two Washington, number three Texas, and number four. The Bama Tommy Reese's. <laughs> what do we think, man? What What are your thoughts? Here are my thoughts. And I, I know Florida State fans aren't going to be happy when I say this, but the committee got it right. They absolutely got it right. And I understand, you know, the whole argument. How do you keep, um, you know, a conference champion undefeated season out of the college football playoff? And I'm sorry, if it wasn't for the injury of Jordan Travis and their backup quarterback showing, um, you know, a higher performance level on the field, they would no doubtably be in. Unfortunately, they didn't play at, you know, even a good performance. You know, I think even at a good performance where if they, you know, the FSU, uh, you know, quarterback basically just, you know, threw for 200 yards, had two touchdowns and maybe even one interception, but, you know, kind of had a convincing win. I think they're in, but I think everyone saw that game Saturday night and and just told themselves this this team's unfortunately unable to be at the at the top four level in college football with with their backups in, and they have to take that consideration when the committee looks at all this stuff, and they got to put the four best teams in there, and I think they got it right with these four. Man, I don't know. I, I, I get what you're saying. That game was hard to watch, Florida State. But, I mean, the game's got to matter, you know. I mean, Florida State literally did everything that was asked of them. Everything. 100%. And you're, you're going to sit here and put in a, a Bama team that lost to Texas and struggled to beat Auburn, who Auburn got demolished by, I think it was New Mexico State. So I, I don't know, man. I, I know is the TV ratings and the quality of the games, um, that means a lot. But as far as sticking with 
I just I, I think the regular season has to matter, man. If you go thirteen and zero in a Power Five conference, win uh, your conference championship. And on top of that, they played a great out-of-conference schedule. It's not like they were running, you know, Michigan's out-of-conference schedule here. Um, so I don't know, man. I, I, I feel for them. I feel for those players. I feel for those coaches. I feel for the fans. Can you imagine if this if this type of thing would happen in Notre Dame, man? I would be losing oh. my mind. I I would be upset. I mean, and – I understand Florida State fans being upset. I think they have every right to be, you know, looking at it uh, from a college football fan perspective. I guess that's where I'm kind of looking at this as is, you know, I can't say Florida State's, you know, a top four team and the committee's job is to get the top four teams in there. And with Jordan Travis out, they are a different team. They are not the same team offensively that I think can go against the big boys um, when, when you put them against, you know, the Texas, the uh, Washington's and the Michigan's, um, you know, if, if you look to the Vegas odds, who's going to have a better odds of, of winning those games? You know, if you have Florida state, uh, you know, versus versus Michigan, or if it's Alabama, Michigan, uh, I think you, you could probably conclude that Alabama is going to be a tougher matchup for Michigan, um, than, than Florida state without their, their Heisman, you know, contending quarterback. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. I, and again, I, I agree with what you're saying. I just, I think if you're sticking to the fairness side of it, you almost had to put Florida State in there. But again, that's not what brings in dollars. So now one other thing, I I think Washington should be number one. I, that's just my. I, I, I'm kind of with you, Nick. I, I don't, it. With everything that went on with Michigan during the year, and it's kind of like made me mad. If there's any team that I want to take off this Final Four, I think Michigan would still would be my top one. With the cheating scandal that went on with this lame three-game suspension for Harbaugh, it's like everyone everyone yeah. has forgotten this. And it's like it's crazy. they cheated. They got a competitive advantage for part of their schedule with yep. their scouting and you know play you know stealing play calls and etc. Like that. That is bogus. That is just absolute is. bogus. And for them to, you know, in the end, be smiling at the end of the season, being at the one seed, you know, ticks me off. You know, it, it yeah. really does. 100%. Like, everybody was just assuming, like, oh, yeah, Michigan's number one. I'm like, what the hell? You know, like, everything that was going on, their terrible schedule, yes. which oh, drives me nuts. And then the fact that Washington – you know, they have better wins on their resume, in my opinion. They beat Oregon twice. All three I mean, of the other ones have better wins on their schedule. Yeah. Seriously, all three yeah. of them. So no, you're the right. O- the only game that they could put their hat on is the Ohio State game, which they won by six, and then the Penn State game, which we saw Penn State throughout the year. They were not impressive, especially on the no. offensive side of the ball. So we are just giving Michigan because of their brand and because of – um, probably just the hype around the game, uh, you know, giving them the top spot. But they were able to be in cruise control for literally, I think, 80% of their season, 80, 80 yeah. 90% of their season, and <laughs> get rewarded at the one spot, along with the cheating scandal that, that followed it. Right. I mean, they, they literally didn't have to get up for any football games until November. Like That's insane. And then, you know, you go play – 
in your conference championship against freaking Iowa, dude. Like, yeah. what are we doing here? I don't know. Yeah. It's and then crazy. if you look at Washington, Washington's best uh, best wins. You beat Oregon twice. That's better than Michigan's win over Ohio State. Yes. Texas, what is their best win? Bama. That is better Bama. than any Michigan yep. win. Bama, what is their best win? Georgia, which Georgia. I think is better than Ohio State. So all three of those no teams doubt. have better wins on their schedule or more impressive wins than Michigan. Michigan, if anything, should be four. <laughs> you I mean, know, if they yeah. were if they squeezed in. But again, the Big Ten was disappointing. I, I never got the Big Ten hype. They always, you know, I Michigan agree. State was a disaster. Luke Fickle's first year at Wisconsin, not very good, did not live up to their expectations, I I believe. And, you know, again, Franklin over in Penn State, you know, has not been impressive. They've always struggled to get over the hill. And I don't think any any team that's, you know, kind of within the top ten was, you know, intimidated to play that that Penn no. State team. So, no. you know, all three of those other teams that, that are behind Michigan all have more impressive resumes. And, again, for Michigan to be kind of rewarded, that number one seed that they can say were, you know, whatever they want to call regular season champs. Now, again, they have to prove it, but I, I don't think they're the number one team in college football right now. Heck no. No. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I totally agree. And just one more to to go off this and i know we're expanding to a 12 team playoff for this but i hope notre dame and pete bavacqua i hope they start making our schedule cake because obviously the shit doesn't matter it's all about your brand uh and and money so you know let, let, let's start playing more cupcakes uh because i i right. love i'd love to not have to get up for a game until november and then go be ranked number one. Like, yeah, sure. That sounds great. Uh, yeah. Or number five for Notre Dame. So, I don't know. Just a little little tidbit there for me. No, I completely agree. And I, I do think Notre Dame's schedule, the way it plays out, uh, obviously we don't know, obviously, those those teams' rosters fully yet. We still have to go through a transfer portal season because uh, a lot of things can, true, can change true. drastically. And I expect a lot of things to change over at A&M uh, now that Elko's over there. But I, I kind of like the way their scheduling is playing out. I think it's um, a winnable season where you could get into that top 12. Obviously, nothing's easy in college football, but I, I do like, you know, the eye test so far uh, on their schedule to get into the top 12 uh, for the Irish. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I think next year with, uh, with it being a 12-team playoff, playoffs have to be the expectation, just like they were oh. this year. So, yeah. It, 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 if they don't make the top 12 next year, I will be upset. I, I No doubt. It's it's Marcus's third year. Um, you know, I know we're going to hit this in the question mark because this is probably the hottest topic. But, you know, depending on the quarterback that, you know, obviously Marcus Freeman has announced they're, they are going to be looking the portal for a quarterback. And obviously we know who those rumors are landing on. Um, if, if you're getting the top tier quarterback and it's in your third year, you you should be in the top twelve, being being the Notre Dame football brand. No doubt, no doubt. All right, before we jump into uh, well, before we go into segment two, uh, we did find out the bowl game finally. Um, there for a minute, I was <laughs> I was starting to get worried, but uh, <laughs> are going to take uh, take on Oregon State in the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl in El Paso, Texas. Um, any initial uh, reactions to that, Joe? Um, well, I, I kind of, 
you know, it's disappointing. You know, it's, you know, if you asked me that at the beginning of the year, are you excited for the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl? Uh, I, I would be pretty upset if that was, if someone gave me a, no a crystal ball, uh, if they gave me a magic eight ball of Notre Dame football season and said, shake it and you'll, you'll see the bull that, that you end in. And a, Tony the Tiger's head popped up. I'd be pretty oh, upset. I'd be pretty <laughs> upset. Um, the way the season shake out and all the drama that's gone on the past, uh, you know, week it feels like there's new updates every every hour um, on yeah. just our roster and you know potential you know changes going on uh, within the football program. But for Notre Dame, I think this is an important game. I, I really do. I love that we are in a bowl game. It gives us extra practices for our guys. I think that's extremely important. We have a lot of uh, underclassmen that are coming in that could potentially participate in those. I don't know that for a fact, but I think that that experience is important. And Oregon State's going to deal with some adversity too. So I I was scared if we got like an LSU, because obviously there's going to be a lot of hype between Brian Kelly and and Notre Dame and all the hype surrounding that, where I do think this football program is a little wounded right now. Especially, you know, especially an open wound in the wide receiver room. So it's going to be a challenge for Notre Dame, whoever they're playing, but they get Oregon State who, uh, you know, just lost their their uh, head coach and their their top QB, DJ Ugalele. You know, obviously people know him from Clemson. Uh, He also entered the portal. So I don't anticipate Mm -hmm. him playing for Oregon State. So that kind of, I don't know, balances it out. But I do think it's a winnable game for the Irish. Yeah, and uh, from all reports, Sam Hartman will play in the bowl game. Um, so that's that's a plus. Uh, but I'm like, yeah, I'm a little worried about the wide receiver position. Um, I don't know. Maybe we'll we'll line up in wishbone or something. I don't know. <laughs> but let's just run it down their throats. But, uh, I mean, anytime I get a chance to watch the Irish play another football game, I'm excited, but I mean, yeah, this is disappointing. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't have a ton of thoughts on it, man. It's just well, not where we wanted to be, but it is a great opportunity to get to 10 wins uh, for Marcus Freeman um, and end the year on a, a positive note and, and get some young guys some confidence. Yep. So. And, and one thing I, I do like where I know people are, are licking their chops to see Angeli or Minchie. Uh, get some game reps, but I, I'm actually glad. And I actually was one of those people too. Like, you know, I, I want to see what we have in Angelia. I, I want to see what we have in, in Minchie, but I'm glad Sam Hartman's playing this game because oh, me you too. Know, the wide receiver room is wounded. It's, it's wounded right now. They're only going to have about four or five guys that, that can participate in the game. Um, you know, a couple of those being, being former walk-ons. And I don't know if that would be a fair, I would say, practice run for them for the 2024 quarterback spot. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, I think it would be putting them in an unfair position when, you know, you're, you're not at full strength. And I don't know if that would be the right dress rehearsal for, for either of those guys to, to get game action, because I, I want those guys to have a ton of confidence. And it worries me that if things don't go well, where does that project them, uh, you know, down the line and all the rumors and, you know, message boards would be going off. Oh, yeah. um, you know, if they went poorly and I just think ahead to say, oh, you know, I, I want to feel for those guys because, you know, they kind of have a, the deck stacked against them. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I, and now one bright side, though, is there are reports out there. Um, 
people have said that KK Smith might make his debut in the bowl Ooh. games. Yeah, that'd be that'd be fun to see. So, but yeah, we'll have a lot more uh, on the bowl game going forward. You know, we just found out about it, so um, wouldn't include it in there. But I think that'll do it for segment one. Segment two, we got tons of questions to answer. Um, so just uh, stay right there, guys. Welcome back, Irish fans. We are on to segment two, which is our mailbag section. I appreciate, and Nick and I appreciate, uh, all the questions that you had. Uh, you guys all had during this time. Uh, there's a lot of stuff for uh, Notre Dame fans to ponder about and uh, obviously see what direction a lot of our, our units are, are going toward. So we'll start this off with Jack. Uh, Jackson Campbell, his at is J-H-C-C-X-M-P-B-L-L. Uh, appreciate the uh, question, Jax. He asked, who are we looking at in the portal for wide receiver, Nick? Yeah, so the portal doesn't officially open uh, until tomorrow, um, but there's still guys that have announced and, you know, guys that um, can take visits if, you know, certain situations. I don't know. There's all sorts of rules, but um, there are some names to keep an eye on. Uh, one we briefly talked about in segment one is Chris Mitchell out of FIU. I think right now uh, he is the most likely to land. Um, but again, it's early. Uh, some additional names, uh, Bo Collins out of Clemson. Um, he's a grad transfer, um, had a pretty solid career. Um, he'd be a good guy to bring in. Uh, Raymond Cottrell, uh, I believe he's from Purdue. Um, and then Will Shepard out of Vanderbilt just announced today. I think those are all guys that the Irish will be in talks with. Um, and they'll be trying to get on campus and, you know, Obviously, Notre Dame's going to be an attractable place, an attractive place for wide receivers with, obviously, there's going to be tons of playing time. Uh, and, you know, we're going to be getting Riley Leonard in at quarterback. So uh, I expect us to be um, getting at least two to three of these guys. And, you know, some additional may enter the portal that we don't even know about yet. So. Yeah, Nick, I, I think it's necessary that we need to get at least two guys from the portal, at least, uh, just to help out the wide receiver room and, and getting some experience in there. And experience you're right. And, and some maturity in there, you know, like it's all, it's pretty much all young guys. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, you're right. We, we got to be guys that, you know, handle their business accordingly. They've, they've been through fall camps, spring camps, et cetera, um, where, you know, they've, they've been in that kind of environment and kind of show those those young guys, the ropes and to get that kind of experience does wonders for a room. And for this room, it, it's necessary, especially with the departure of Stucky uh, to get some guys to, to lead the young ones uh, will be crucial for Marcus Freeman and Jared Parker's offense. And one thing I love that you said, Nick, is something that I've been really hit on. It's like, you know, obviously we're not going to get NFL dudes, you know, all these top wide receivers. We're not going to find, you know, the Devonte Smith's, or the right. Jamar Chases, you know, if those guys, you know, were, were looking elsewhere, if anything they're looking is the NFL. But if you can get some guys that, you know, have been 1,000 yards receiving in in college football already uh, that just want to improve their NFL stock for a year and maybe weren't able to get on the field at their previous programs uh, to build up their, their NFL stock, 
um, you know, what attractive place to, you know, possibly get your graduate degree, the Notre Dame. And obviously, like you said, the wide receiver room is in desperate need of, of these kind of guys. Yeah. And actually we just got some news here. Um, according to Matt Zenitz, uh, he is a college football reporter for 24 seven sports. He tweeted out that Mike Brown out of Wisconsin will be our next wide receiver coach. So great time to get a, a wide receiver coach in here with, with the transfer portal and everything. Uh, that dude's got to get on the phones and, and uh, start getting after these guys. So, yeah. And I love that. It seems like Marcus Freeman is being aggressive right off yes. the bat in this transfer portal. Obviously it's already been reported that Chris Mitchell, um, you know, was already, was already on campus this, this, this weekend, um, you yeah. know, visiting and it seems that Marcus really wants to jump in on guys that, you know, are available and get on, get on them early, you know, because again, the, the room is, is in desperate need. And I like the aggressiveness already shown by Jared Parker and Marcus Freeman to, to identify guys they want and go after them. And it seems like they, they may have found their wide receiver coach, which, which is exciting. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so we'll go to our next question. Um, this is from Down the Street. His Twitter at is S-T-A-V, Stavu Schultze, uh, S-C-H-L-O-T-S-K-Y. Um, he asks, KVA reassurement. Uh, Nick, what are your thoughts on Nick, or what are your thoughts on KVA remaining Irish? Man, Um you know, this is one of those things. I, I really do think the young man was torn, uh, even when he made his commitment. I think he really did like Ohio State. Um, <clears throat> I've heard that, you know, KVA is still in talks with Ohio State. Um, but I do think his family is, is very sold on Notre Dame. Um, <clears throat> so I think, uh, you know, I, 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 this may not be the best reassurance out there. Um, but the good news is he is committed to us at the moment. And I do feel like KVA and his family are the type of people that deep down understand Notre Dame and the type of place it is. Um, now, could he be having second thoughts? You know, he still really likes Ohio State, sure. And Ohio State's still coming after him. Uh, but I think a, a, a good in-home visit with Freeman – um, to kind of re to reassure him and, you know, maybe put to rest some doubts that he has, I think will be huge. Um, so, again, I, I don't want to sit here and say there's no shot that he decommits, but I, I think if I had to put – if I had to give my best guess, I would say he sticks with his commitment to Notre Dame. Well, that's good to hear. Good to hear because I, I think this guy is huge for the Irish. Is Huge. Huge. I mean, this should be, I know we, we've been talking about the wide receiver room, but this is a guy maybe put ahead of our, of those wide receivers as make sure that this guy remains Irish. He is a stud and I see as, you know, potential performer as a freshman, I think he's going to really impact our linebacker room with, um, you know, just his experience. And I know that's weird saying from, uh, you know, a guy that's never touched a college football uh, field yet, but he comes from a big time school, Bosco, John Bosco out of California. And he started as a freshman. So he has a lot of yeah. experience underneath his belt 
um, you know, with high big time high school football. And we've seen that with other guys like Janie Greathouse, where they were kind of, you know, able to step into that role quite quickly. And I think this guy is going to be an impact player for Notre Dame's defense for coming years. So I hope he's on the top of the priority list for Marcus Freeman to make sure that he remains Irish because it'd be devastating to lose him. I think that's really well said, man. And I, I like your point on you brought it up in the past with, you know, getting guys from notoriously good high school football programs. So I, I think it's huge. I think he's very important to this class. Um, but we'll see how it plays out. We got what? It's uh, December 20th is when uh, they can finally sign. So <laughs> it's going to yep. be a long few weeks here. But yep. And we're recording we here. Go. And we're recording here on December 3rd, so it's 17 days. Yeah. I, I I do feel confident that he's going to remain Irish. I think he's going to, you know, stay true to his commitment that that he's made. And, you know, again, Notre Dame, I, I heard somebody say this, it's like the best internship that you can get uh, because, Ooh. you know, if things don't, don't turn out well there, you know, who's not going to want him, um, you know, basically – you know, if he does enter the portal, if, it, if things don't go well for him his freshman year, Ohio State will always be, you know, knocking at that door. And from what we know from Notre Dame's administration, if you don't go with us your first year, there's probably a low chance that, that you come into our gates uh, if you were a first year transfer. So, you know, why not give it the good old college try? Um, you know, <laughs> stay true. Uh, go go after that Notre Dame degree. And, you know, you always kind of have a fallback plan when, when you leave Notre Dame because, and that's the same with, you know, kind of the guys that are entering the portal. They they have the best, you know, internships that they can have because who's not going to want, um, you know, these guys like Nana um, or, you know, Rico Flores or Tobias Merriweather. Obviously big losses for Notre Dame, but I guarantee these guys are, are going to be sought after uh, quite heavily from other college football programs because we understand the, the expectations held at Notre Dame football. So being able to handle Notre Dame, uh, won't be much of a challenge if they go to any other school. Yeah, I think that's really well said. I hadn't, I hadn't heard that the the intern thing. That's that's a good comparison, man. I like that. Yeah, so that that's my spin zone. Hopefully, hopefully it makes you know uh, some Irish fans feel better about KVA. I and, like it. And hopefully, hopefully we can get this 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 going with the twenty four class because I I am uber excited about um, what these guys can can bring to the roster. Yep, no doubt. All right. So our next question is from Irish Rising. Irish Rising, appreciate the question. His at is Irish underscore rising underscore ND. He asks, if you had a guess, do you think Freeman let Stucky go because of lack of production among the wide receivers or because of things happening behind the scenes? On one hand, our freshman wide receivers look good. On the other hand, we only had one receiver get 100 plus yards receiving in one game this year, which is pretty weak. Nick, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's a really good question and uh, appreciated Irish rising. Um, you know, I think it's a mix of both. I, I think, I think the more Freeman kind of dove into the situation with wide receivers. Um, I, I think a lot of it was what was going on behind the scenes, but also just how he was teaching uh, the game to the wide receivers, which, you know, ultimately ends up in the production of them. I, I think that was a big factor as well. So yeah, the, the freshman wide receivers look good. Um, we got to remember that those were the wide receivers that he brought in. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think a lot of it was the behind the scenes stuff and, 
and just how he was communicating with his room and uh, and teaching some of those skills that I think Freeman decided he had to he had to cut ties. So, you know, again, I don't know if we'll ever fully know uh, the the full story, but uh, from the sounds of it, I think it's a little bit of a mix. What do you think, Joe? Nick, I, I completely agree. It's probably a bit of a mix. Um, however, if you look at it, you know, on the recruiting trail, like we mentioned in the first segment, um, and, and we've seen just, you know, the wide receiver talent. I, I was uber excited about, you know, Rico Flores and Jaden Greathouse and the emergence of Jordan Faison. You know, these are guys that that he went and, and, and got. Obviously, Jordan Faison's a little bit different story probably with the lacrosse background. Um, but if you have, you know, guys like Logan Salday, you know, Cam Williams, Micah Gilbert, uh, you know, Irish fans should be excited about these guys, you know, about to be in a gold helmet. So he definitely had the wide receiver unit going in the right direction. However, you don't make this kind of change if there aren't major. Or you don't make this kind of change at this time if it wasn't uh, in-house issue. Because yeah. look at the timing of it. If it yeah. was, you know, a production thing, I think they waited out until, you know, the After end of the their bowl, bowl game. game. And yeah. then, you know, make your departure. But it seems like this was more of an in-house decision due to, you know, like you mentioned, lack of communication, the inconsistent coaching with some players compared to others and maybe favoritism. And obviously the distrust that was was built uh, in that locker room. So I think that's why, you know, Marcus Freeman had to make a decision so quickly. And that's what led to, you know, the departure of Stucky. I think that's a really good point that you brought up. I feel like timing is everything with, with these sorts of situations and you can kind of read between the lines. So I think that's a great point. Yep. And then we have one of our favorite uh, first and gold followers, Clutch Sports with a question. Clutch, we appreciate uh, all your support that you've had with us all year. And he has a great question. Which possible cans would you like to see uh, fill the vacated coaching positions? So obviously that would be the wide receiver position, which, you know, Nick just broke. Uh, which would be Mike Brown from Wisconsin. So excited about that. Um, but he asked, how many wide receivers do you think Andy tries to pick up from the portal? Yeah, really, really good question, Clutch. Appreciate it as always. Um, yeah, so it sounds like we have our wide receiver coach. Um, excited to kind of dive into uh, the history of him. I, I don't know a ton about him, um, but you know, I, I trust Freeman to – I trust that Freeman made the right hire there. Um, I, I know there were rumors about Hartline and um, Shepard from Washington, but, um, you know, he, he's he got a plan, and you got to trust him. So, I, you know, I, I think this will be a, a good pick. Um, as far as how many wide receivers, I, man, if it's me, I, I'm I'm taking at least three. Because, you know, injuries and, and you know, some guys just not panning out, it's going to happen. So, I, to me, you can't get caught in a situation like you had this year where you bring in this talented quarterback um, and then, you know, certain things happen and he doesn't have anybody to throw to. So, I, I think I would lean more towards two to three. Um, but again, a, a lot's going to depend on what this new wide receiver coach wants to do. You know, I, I think Stucky was the kind of guy that he didn't want to bring in a lot of extra guys. I think he, you know, he picked the guys he liked and, and he was going to stick with that. This new wide receiver coach could be completely different. He may want to go out and get, 
three to four transfer wide receivers. I don't know. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. But, um, Joe, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm excited about, obviously, the hire. Um, You know, just doing a quick Google search, uh, Nick, you know, here's a little bit of, of Brown's background. So he did play in college from 2008 to 2011 at Liberty. Uh, from there, he went on to the NFL. Between 2012 to 2014, he played for the Jacksonville Jaguars as a wide receiver and then finished his career with the Carolina Panthers in 2015. Um, from there, he went on to coaching, where he became a GA for Michigan. In 2017, he jumped over to Delaware as a GA. 2018, became the running backs coach at Liberty. And then from 2019 to 2022, uh, he was with Cincinnati staff uh, with Luke Fickle. Uh, between 2019-2021, he was with Cincinnati as the wide receiver uh, coach. 2022, he was promoted at, to at Cincinnati as the passing game coordinator in wide receiver coach. And then obviously he's been at Wisconsin as associate head coach and wide receiver coach. So um, obviously a lot of experience there uh, coaching-wise and kind of moving up the ranks quickly. Obviously, you know, it shows what Luke Fickle thinks of him if he's an associate head coach uh, for Wisconsin currently and Notre Dame being able to grab him um, and obviously get him to coach our wide receiver room, I think is a huge plus. What do you think of those uh, that background from from Brown? Yeah, I'm actually uh, I'm impressed. The, the fact that I, number one, I love that he got to play in the pros. I, I think I think in a position like wide receiver when you can say like, yeah, I've done it at the highest level. I think that attracts kids uh, to want to play for you. That's first off. Um, and then it, it sounds like he, you know, he's had experience coaching some other positions with running backs. And the the biggest thing for me is like you said, um, Fickle must think pretty darn highly of this guy. If, if he's the associate head coach and the pass game coordinator. So that tells me this guy he must he must know what he's doing um and it sounds like it's a a pretty darn good hire uh to me yeah and it probably shows that you know gino's gonna have some familiarity with him uh being our quarterback coach so you know having that on your staff where you know they've already worked together they know uh you know what they kind of bring to the table that that kind of gets my juices flowing that we may have hit a home run with with this hire because i do think when when you bring an outside guy and uh, you know, you may not know, you know, the other coordinators involved and in trying to gel with them uh, can be a difficult situation. But, you know, knowing that Gino kind of has some background with him, I think, you know, plays favor, uh, you know, for the Irish. So I like the hire and what I see. And then regarding, you know, how many pick up the porter, like I said, I, I think two two wide receivers is kind of the must get uh, for or the number that uh, the Irish wide receiver room should look at for the portal to help out that room. Yep. I totally agree. Yep. All right, Nick. So, you know, we, we hit the first bunch of questions and now we're going into a bunch of questions about probably the hottest topic uh, regarding Notre Dame football, especially for the 2024 year, who is going to be at quarterback. And obviously there's a lot of rumors that it's a done deal that Riley Leonard, how he has entered the portal. There's nothing being official yet. Um, but, you know, a lot of services, you know, I would say talking heads that, you know, cover college football uh, are saying that they feel pretty confident that Riley Leonard from Duke is going to be the landing or Notre Dame is going to be the landing spot for him. 
So I'll jump in the first question about, about this potential gift for the Irish. It is from Brett Hamilton. Brett, we appreciate the question. You guys can follow him at, at Brett, T-H-A-M 91. So Brett, appreciate the question. He asks, Riley Leonard, I'm open for him joining, but it doesn't make me nervous because of his run in with injuries. Also, do you think this defers of any of the new QBs slash incoming QBs? Nick, what are your thoughts on the Riley Leonard situation and Brett's question? Um, I'm I'm excited uh, about Leonard. Uh, I have a I have a sneaking feeling that he's gonna go ahead and announce it tomorrow once the transfer portal officially opens. But you know we'll see. Um, but I'm excited about him. I you know I think he's one of these guys that this year he was playing banged up, but I think a lot of people forget that. In 2022, this dude put on a clinic like he was balling out. And a lot of uh, NFL talking heads had him as a possible, um, you know, decently high quarterback draft pick. So I I think it's a good fit for Notre Dame. Um, I think he's the kind of kid that, that Notre Dame needs. You know, he's, he's a one-year guy, but he's got a big frame. Um, his athleticism is really good. Um, and, and I think he's a leader. So, you know, he was a captain at Duke. So I, I, those types of things I, I look at and I, I really consider. And, and so I think, I think I'm excited about, uh, Mr. Leonard joining this, uh, this group. Nick, no doubt. I am absolutely fired up. If Riley Leonard commits to Notre Dame, I will be jumping for joy. And it's really making me scratch my head about, Irish fans saying that, you know, this is going to be a negative thing for the perspective of Notre Dame's quarterback room or Notre Dame can't develop their own guys. I, I kind of think that's all BS, to be honest, because the bottom line is, and I know we've said this on, on podcast before, does your quarterback room talent increase by adding Riley Leonard to that room? And no doubtedly, Yes. yes, it is. It is no doubt a yes. And in order to be a college football playoff team, again, you know, there's going to be a lot, you know, at stake, you know, regarding, you know, the criticism of Marcus Freeman and where we're at with year three. If he can Im- improve the quarterback room, you do it because it's the most important position. And why not get a guy that has shown that he can do it at a high level? And to yeah. put some perspective on this, you know, just to go over his career stats. And I know 2023, he's been battling injuries. But in 2022, the one that you mentioned that he balled out, he had a 63% completion rate, 250, uh, I would say, completions at 391 attempts, 2,967 passing yards, 20 touchdowns, and six interceptions. That that is, good, that is pretty daggone good. And... Again, I he's proved it. He's proved it, and I know yeah. he's he's battled injuries this year, but I, this guy is seen as a high quarterback talent, and I don't know why Irish fans would be discouraged by adding this guy uh, into the room. I, I'm with you, man. It, it's it's crazy to me that that people are against it because this this guy is talented. Like I I don't know how many times like his play is. In, in the right offense, it could really take off as well. I'm not saying that he was in the wrong offense, but if he stays healthy and Jared Parker figures out how to use him, 
I, I mean, this guy could could really make some noise this year. Um, and, and he's got he's got the body of an NFL quarterback, which we haven't had at Notre Dame in a while. You know, he's six foot four, two hundred and ten pounds, um, and he can run like a deer. So I, you know, I to me, there's no downside uh, to bringing him in, and that's my opinion. And to answer your second question there, Brett, you know, do I think this defers any of the new quarterbacks or incoming quarterbacks? No, I don't. I, you know, in today's college football, you're going to see more and more of this. You, you know, more people are going to be leaving, more people are going to be coming in. But CJ Carr's sitting there. He'll be, you know, um, in practice with him. I don't think CJ plans to start his very first year. Um, but the fact that he gets to learn from a Riley Leonard, a guy who's crazy experienced um, for a whole year, and then, you know, a guy like Deuce Knight where, you know, Riley Leonard's not even going to be there when he comes in. So, no, I I don't think that this um, deters any of the, the future quarterbacks. And for those people that say, you know, oh, well, we're not going to be able to recruit quarterbacks anymore because all we do is bring in transfers, this – in my honest opinion, this will be the last year that a transfer quarterback is brought in for the foreseeable future. So it's one of those things. If he goes and he balls out and, you know, is in Heisman contention and we're going to the playoffs, if anything, it's going to make more quarterbacks want to come to Notre Dame because they'll see the blueprint for it. I don't know. Preach, Nick. Preach. Preach. You're, you're spinning facts here. And I, I'm with you that I think this would be the last year that, you know, Notre Dame would need, uh, obviously, a portal guy. Now I'm projecting the development of Kenny Minchie, CJ Carr, and, and obviously Deuce Knight, who, who, again, like you said, won't even see Riley Leonard, uh, most likely in a Notre Dame uniform while he's also in a Notre Dame uniform. So I think that right now where, you know, where the quarterback room is, they've had a lot of time to evaluate Kenny Minchie and Steve Angeli, who would be battling for that spot. I don't think CJ Carr is, is anticipating to come in and start. And they've had a lot of time to evaluate those guys. And if they think that, you know, especially Gino, Jared Parker and Marcus think that they need to go get uh, a bona fide, you know, I would say starter uh, for this yeah. offense, go get them. And, yep. you know, that's that's what you got to do in, in college football nowadays to make sure that you're you're remaining up there with the big boys because yeah. I, I do laugh at you know one of the things that you know Notre Dame fans do is you know what about Steve Angeli we got to give him the opportunity I know if I went back to these tweets you know let's say ten months from now and you know Steve Angeli isn't what we anticipate they'll be like why didn't we get a portal quarterback you know blah blah <laughs> you know well, so. You, you can't have both of these takes. Um, you know, I'd rather the Notre Dame be safe than sorry. And if you can get a stud, a stud that has proven it on the college football field, like Riley Leonard, heck yes, you do it. Heck yes. I think you brought up a lot of good points there, Joe. I, and I, I couldn't agree more. I, it, it's one of those things where Angeli's he's a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. And, and he's flashed. But he's flashed in, in you know, garbage mop up. Yeah, mop-up mop up duty. Yeah. So, you know, this tells me the, – the coaches see him every day in practice. And this tells me that what they've seen, it, he's not good enough to to take him where they want to go. And then on, on the flip side, 
you know, say we didn't take a quarterback and, and Angeli's our starter and he gets hurt in the second day of fall camp. Now all of a sudden you're sitting there, like you said, you're, we're sitting here with Kenny Minchie and CJ Carr. Like it, it, this makes sense, Irish fans. It just does. You have to go out and do something like this in this situation. So well 1, said. One thousand percent. And and look at the Florida State situation. You know they're they're yeah. missing out on the college football playoff because you know they don't have you know a guy or at least a guy that's shown the ability. Uh, you know, to be a performer on the college football level uh, to get them into the college football playoff. Obviously, the committee looked at the eye test and didn't believe their QB2 and QB3 were good enough to push them into the top four. And if you can improve your room, you do it. And I love having four scholarship guys on the team. You know, if you have your transfer portal guy, I love Steve Angeli as a backup, or if it's Kenny Mitchie, I think they'll they'll be biting for QB two. I really do. And obviously, yep. you have you know CJ Carr's you know emergency quarterback. I would love to see any any uh, uh, I would say quarterback room would love to have CJ Carr as a possible emergency quarterback with the talent he has. But you know, in this day of age, you know, especially at the quarterback position, which is no doubtedly the most important position in college football, mm-hmm. I think it's great to have four guys in there. So if you need to go get a portal one, might as well swing big. Might as well swing big if we want to be up with the big boys. Pop off, Joe. I couldn't agree more, man. That was I, very well said. Yeah, just you know. But you're right. You are you are absolutely right. But oh my Nick, I was like going crazy just seeing the takes of I don't want Riley <laughs> Leonard. And I'm like, why wouldn't you want Riley Leonard? I it just it just kind of blows my mind because and then I know. We'll, we'll go down this thing where Steve Angeli, you know, let's say we don't get Riley Leonard and we go to Texas A&M and Steve Angeli has two interceptions. They'll be the same. Why the heck did we not get a portal? It's just improve. Yeah. If you can improve the room, do it. And what I love about this too, Nick, is, is the NIL circling around this too. And I, I know we have some more questions about Riley Leonard, but I kind of did this just popped in my head. I think it shows the program's going the right direction and kind of being aggressive with the NIL that we are catching up, um, you know, with the big time programs saying we are more than willing to give out NIL deals, um, you know, obviously the right way, but where, you know, Sam Hartman obviously was the blueprint for this, where I think he's made a, a ton of coin being the the face of Notre Dame football. And I think it's great that Notre Dame projects that out to its potential recruitment. Yes, 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 yes. I, To be honest with you, Notre Dame has surprised the hell out of me with their NIL situation. I've been very impressed that I, I think they're, they're, they're willing to play ball now. And like you said, obviously they're going to do it the right way, but they're adapting with college football, and it is beautiful to see. Yep. And I, also, one last thing, I have a feeling next fall we're going to be very happy that we have – Riley Leonard leading our team. So me too, me too. So we're going to get to, there's some questions kind of asking about, you know, how Riley Leonard is. So Steve McIntosh asked, um, is he better than Hartman? Nick, what are your thoughts? Is, is Riley Leonard better than Sam Hartman? You think, man, they're so different. Um, you know, coming in, Riley doesn't have the hype that Hartman had coming in. Um, Hartman, I, I love. I still to this day I love Hartman's 
game. Um, I know he's not perfect. I know he, he didn't hit all the goals that he wanted uh, in his one season here at Notre Dame, but uh, I do think that offensive fit wise, I have a feeling that Riley Leonard might be a better fit for the offense that Jared Parker's trying to run. I think, and again, this is all just me speculating here. I think Jared Parker wants a guy that can use his legs more. I think he wants to run RPOs. I think he wants the quarterback to be a threat with his legs. And so I do I think he's better than Hartman? They're so different, it's hard to say. Um, so I, I really don't know how to answer that. But I, I do think that Riley Leonard, with a good year, I think he'll be playing on, on Sundays. Whereas Hartman, I, I think he'll get a shot, but I think he'll struggle in the pros. What do you think, Joe? Nick, I, I think you're spot on. I think, I think he's a better fit for what Jared Parker wants in the offense. He's much more athletic than Sam Hartman. Uh, that's that's no doubt. I'm sure people you know that are listening to this probably saw uh, obviously the college game day um, you know story around him. Uh, they showed his basketball highlights where he could really throw down a dunk. Um, you know, you probably saw him in the Clemson game when when Duke and Clemson on were were on earlier. Uh, I think the he start the great. year he yeah. looked phenomenal. He looked great. He he busted out like a long like sixty or seventy yard run. Uh, he. He's, he's a true dual threat, uh, yeah. I think, with, with his legs. And obviously Hartman was able to make some plays, but, you know, Hartman wanted to to obviously throw the ball. And I think, you know, with Riley Leonard's body, it's more NFL-like, uh, right? It's more what yeah. the NFL uh, is looking out of a quarterback. And with his athleticism, I think, you know, Jared Parker is probably very happy if he ends up committing with the Irish because he can do a lot of things with – with that kind of player taking taking snaps, and and let's not forget also. Uh, so Hartman was targeted by Reese. That that was Reese's guy, and and of course after the you know Reese left, Great Notre point. Dame still wanted Notre Dame still wanted Hartman. I, I mean, that there's there's nothing that I'm saying about that, but the offense that Hartman was recruited for was different than the one that Parker's running. Which is why, you know, in this situation, barring something crazy, Parker's going to be our offensive coordinator next year. Um, and, and he's get, him and Gino are getting to pick the guy that they want. And then, you know, if you read the tea leaves, look at who Parker and Gino are recruiting. A guy like Deuce Knight, a guy that, you know, has is a true dual threat quarterback. So I, I don't want this to be oh, Riley's better than Hartman or Hartman's better than Riley. It's more about fit, and I have a feeling that Leonard will have a little bit more success than Hartman next year. And that's yeah, not – yeah, and that's not Hartman's fault either. I, you know, yeah. I still for Hartman. But. I, I was just about to piggyback off that, Nick. And, you know, Hartman was dealt with, with a challenging year on the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, the things that have come out about the wide receiver room the injuries to the tight end room. Uh, he wasn't dealt the best deck of cards, let's say, on the offensive side that, you know, he was dealing with. And, you know, Hartman, you know, I, I love I, – I, I really do. But, you know, I'm hoping with, you know, things that we hopefully see from the offensive side in the portal, adding, you know, Riley Leonard, 
that, you know, and I love our running back room. I'm really high on our tight end room. I think Riley Leonard maybe dealt some a better hand than Hartman was. So we got to put that into yep. perspective too. Totally agree. Well said. Yep. So continuing on with Riley Leonard talk, uh, full-blown Irish. Uh, you can follow him at full-blown Irish. He asks, is he just a bigger, faster Ian Book? I haven't seen too many deep balls thrown on tape. Nick, I, I think right off the bat, I could say, you know, again, it's his athleticism. Ian Book was, you know, pretty he's a pretty good athlete but riley leonard's a different cat what are your thoughts yeah i i agree my initial thoughts were uh yeah ian book could use his feet but i'm like you i think riley um is an overall better athlete um as far as deep balls and they're the two quarterbacks in their game i feel like ian book was a great manager of the offense and you know, he wasn't going to make big mistakes. I think Riley Leonard throwing the football, I think he is uh, more inclined to take some of those risks, just watching some of his film. Uh, and he has a strong arm. Now, as far as deep ball accuracy goes, um, yeah, you know, I, I, I need to watch a little bit more of his film. But no, I, I, I think, you know, I, I think they are two completely different style of quarterbacks, but Yes. You're telling me he is just a bigger, faster Ian Book, the, the all-time uh, passing leader in Notre Dame history? I'm, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> Good point, Nick. Good point. Um, so I'll move on to the next question. It's from Brian. You can follow him at LuJack47. I will state the obvious. His stats are terrible. And this kid Freeman wants to get ND a title. Let's just roll with the QBs we have. Mm, I'm going to bite my tongue here. Um, you know, Brian, we appreciate the question. Um, but if you look at his stats, I I'm not really sure what you're pulling from. Uh, you know, Riley Leonard in 2022 uh, was was pretty phenomenal. If you if you told me that Notre Dame could get a guy that, you know, had 20 touchdowns passing in 2022 with only six interceptions, he had a QB rating of 141, um, I, I would say sign me up. Sign me up. And in 2023, this this past year, he, he's been dealt with, you know, a lot of injuries. Obviously, uh, his leg injury that we saw versus Notre Dame, you know, obviously progressed into the season where he wasn't able to play as many games. Um, but he still had a rating of 116, uh, having, you know, only a 57%, you know, completion rating at 1,100 yards, three touchdowns and three interceptions. But it's hard to put, you know, obviously – you know, any stock into that when I know he was battling some adversity. But again, if you look at 2022, it's it's quite impressive. And then, like we've been mentioning, his his rushing, um, you know, this guy can can move with his feet. Nick, what what are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I, I know his stats weren't, weren't great. And also very well said, Joe. I, I felt like you hit on a lot of really good points there. Um, but this is a fair question. His stats this year were not we're not great. I mean, but I do think that he was playing banged up for most of the year. And like you said, if you look at 2022 and his past stats, they're pretty damn good. Um, and I get, you know, wanting to roll with the quarterbacks that we have and, and they're going to get their shot um, if they're patient enough, but where Marcus Freeman and the fan base wants to go, which is, to the playoffs and a national championship, this is the right move. I, I just, I really truly believe that. 
So. Yeah, and Nick, and again, with, you know, this is a dual threat guy. In 2022, along with those 20 touchdowns he had, um, he had 13 touchdowns with his legs. He had 699 yards off 124 attempts for 13 touchdowns. So this guy accumulated 33 touchdowns and six turnovers, six interceptions. I mean, that's a hell of an impressive stat impressive. line. And again, this is a guy that's going to improve your QB room. Why not get a guy that I know that a lot of other college football programs will will probably were, were wishing they were in the running for. I I love getting a guy that can improve, prove that unit, have some experience. And again, I, I know I sound like an Angeli hater, but this guy is so much more athletic than Angeli. He has the game experience. He he's going to elevate our offense much better than I believe Angeli can. Yeah, and one one last point. Um, you know, the the threat of the running game will add just such so much more of a challenge to the defenses. And if that's the route that Jared Parker wants to go, and he can scheme it up that way, it. it it's going to make it it's going to make our offense better from top to bottom it's going to make the job for the the linemen easier it's going to make the wide receivers um it's going to help with them getting open because you know if dbs and the defense have to worry about you know is leonard running or not it'll open up the play action game so i there's just there's a lot to like about it and yeah i know the the flip side is you know possible injuries but Again, that's why we have that talent behind him, just in case. So, yeah, yep. we'll see. Yep. So, um, you know, we're we're gonna kind of hit, keep hitting the same points, but I want to make sure we hit all these questions that we did receive. Um, cynical sports fan, uh, you can follow him at cynical fan one two three. He asked, "Why does Freeman want four to five years straight of a new QB? Buckner and Pine both awful. Twenty three Hartman, huge letdown. Twenty four Leonard, mid to low tier from ACC." 25, Angeli, Mitchie, Carr, Knight. If Angeli somehow starts in 2025, that means another QB starts in 2026. Nick, do you want to take this one? Sure. Um, and, and I'll be fairly quick. You know, in 2022, Buckner and Pine, that's the hand that he was dealt. 2023, he did not want to have a, another situation like he had in 2022 where Tyler Buckner was supposed to be the guy. He got hurt, and they just had Pine. So in 2023, Marcus Freeman said, no, we are not doing that again. We're bringing in somebody. And that's what they did with Hartman. And yes, he was a bit of a letdown. Now, in 2024, Marcus Freeman and the coaching staff is not going to make the same mistake they did in 2022. So bringing in a guy like a Leonard is the right move. And like I mentioned before, I think this will be the last time they bring in a transfer for the, the next few years. So I think maybe then you can see, you'll see a quarterback that takes over for multiple years. But as of this year, I think it's the right move. Yeah, I Nick, you, you hit all the points. And, you know, I, I, I've said my piece on this, but, you know, the quarterback room when, when Marcus took over, um, was a little bit shaky, and I think that's just top to bottom talent-wise and, and kind of fitting into the offense that he wanted to see at Notre Dame. And, you know, let's look at it. Butner got beat out by Bama. Pine, you know, got beat out at Arizona State. You know, Hartman 
you know, obviously a little bit of a letdown. I agree with you there, uh, cynical fan. But, you know, he, he was kind of dealt, dealt a, a tough hand. But, you know, did you did you want Marcus Freeman to figure it out with Buckner? Do you want Marcus Freeman to figure out with Pine? You only have 12 games, and, and every game is important, you know, when you're a Notre Dame football player. So um, when Marcus is evaluating his talent, if he can go get better guys, he should do it. And if yep. he can improve a room, he should do it. So I don't think this builds a narrative, and I think they've done a tremendous job getting talent um, with the guys that they want where they're going to feel pretty solid with, you know, again, whatever happens with Angeli happens with Angeli. I'm not putting a lot of stock into him, but I, I think this this staff is very high on the guys they're bringing in, such as Mitchie, Carr, and they're very solid on, on Deuce Knight, which, again, all those guys have high ceilings that I think will, will develop to be Notre Dame quarterbacks. But for the time being, you got to, you know, plug and play with, you know, the talent that you kind of get to make sure that you're still in that, that top-tier college football program. Well said, Joe. Very well said. All right. So we got Matt Carter. Matt, we appreciate the question. You could follow him at, at your man too. He asked, does Leonard move the sticks in terms of playoff? Will this move define Freeman and Parker's tenure for better or for worse? And I'll, I'll take this one first, Nick. I, I, I 100% believe that this puts Notre Dame in the, in the talks of a playoff. Now, there's a lot of other things that, you know, they need to address, such as the wide receiver room and, you know, possibly losing their offensive tackles and, you know, the development of, um, you know, I think their defense, again, needs to take another step. There's some questions that still need to be asked about, you know, who's going to plug and play in their secondary. But as far on the offensive side, does this move the sticks in terms of Notre Dame's offense being a possible Notre or a playoff contender? Absolutely. But I do think, you know, this is going to be def a defining year for Freeman and Parker because uh, I think Notre Dame is going to have the expe expectations to get in the playoff. And if they don't, you know, there there's going to be uh, some rumblings that it is Freeman the right guy. Yeah. And just to piggyback, uh, my answers are yes and yes. I think he does absolutely move this the, sti uh, the sticks uh, as far as the playoff goes. Um and yeah, I do think this move, every move that Freeman makes from here on out is is going to define uh, his tenure here at Notre Dame because Notre Dame is a, a place that wants to win now. So uh, we'll see what happens. All right. And I'll go to our last question here. This is from Mac. Compare him to Tyler Buckner. Similar player? Um. So, I mean, I guess in the sense that um, they're both, you know, athletic guys and could make an impact with their feet, but I, I do not see them as very similar um, other than that, in my opinion. Um, I, I feel like, you know, Tyler Buckner was a guy also injury prone, um, but I think he struggled with, with reading defenses at times. Um he didn't have the experience that a Riley Leonard has. Um, he didn't have the frame that a Riley Leonard has. So I think if I'm going to compare him to Tyler Buckner, I, you know, I would say, yes, both kind of dual threat type of guys that can make plays with their feet. But I think Leonard is a better passer um, than what Buckner showed at Notre Dame. Um, and I, I think, I think, and this is important to me at least, I know some fans don't always agree on this point, but 
I think Riley Leonard's going to be a great leader uh, for the room. And, and that's to say, that's not to say that Tyler wasn't. I just think Tyler was a very quiet, kind of just go about his business type guy. Whereas I think Riley Leonard's the type of guy that is loved by his teammates. Um, and, and he goes out and gets it done on the field as well. So I don't know. What do you think, Joe? I, I, I God hope so. He's better than Tyler Buckner. He, he better be. He better be. Um, you know, comparing him to Tyler Buckner, though, um, you know, I, I I don't really see a ton of similarities. You know, obviously being, I guess, maybe a dual threat guy, but these guys were, you know, Riley Leonard's built, uh, you know, much bigger than, than Tyler than Tyler is. Um, you know, I, I think he has, you know, a lot more game experience, et cetera. So um, I wouldn't be expecting uh, Notre Dame fans to uh, compare him to or Riley being compared to Tyler Buckner when Riley potentially comes in. So, but Nick, that kind of wraps up. That's a lot of Riley Leonard talk, obviously nothing official <laughs> yet. Uh, but you know, I, I'm very hopeful because I, I think this dude can, can help I out the QB room in a big way. I think it's a done deal, man. Uh, so I think uh, at least I hope so, but yeah, I'm with you. man. It, it's exciting times. Oh, I, I'll, I'll be jumping for joy. Like I said, it, it, once he commits and, Again, I, I think he. What also he's going to do, which has been hinted, he's been following a lot of transfer portal guys, yes. um, you know, on Instagram. Uh, so I, I think he's doing his own recruiting as well to make sure that that he's going to have a, a pretty stout wide receiver room that he's going to walk into once he puts on the gold helmet. So I, I'm very excited about that and, and excited that he potentially may be already on the recruiting trail to to get some guys for the 24 year. Hundred percent, man. It's going to be a uh... It's going to be fun. And, um, you know, be sure you guys are checking in with us. Uh, we'll be doing another podcast here soon. I'm sure there will be a lot more craziness coming uh, that, that we'll be uh, we'll be excited to talk about. So uh, make sure you're getting those questions in uh, again for the next week's pod. And uh, as always, we really appreciate you listening and uh, go Irish. Go Irish. Please rate and review our podcast. We are available on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at FirstEvolPod, at Nick Kramer IT, and at Joe underscore Kramer underscore IT. Don't forget to check out theirishtribune.com and follow us on all of our socials at the Irish Tribune. Thanks for listening. And of course, go. No.